Hello, Culture War Kittens, and happy Thursday to you. I'm back for another exciting episode of Shamer, where we're bringing shame back to a culture that desperately needs it. And quite frankly, the person we need to shame here today is me. I haven't been giving you enough attention, okay? I haven't been giving you enough one-on-one -on -one time. We haven't been able to cultivate the parasocial relationship that you know I'm looking to build here. There have been a lot of interviews. It's been great to talk to guests, but it's been quite a while since I've done a solo show, just chatting with you guys. Now that we're getting back to it, you'll notice we've got some new graphics. Thought you guys might like these. If you're in the locals community, you saw this uh, a little bit ahead of time, but we've had some new graphics made. I'm happy with them. Let me know what you think of them in the comments below. Also, please upvote this video before we get started. We got a wild show today. A lot of big stories. Uh, the White House puts pressure on the media with respect to its uh, reporting on the Biden family's alleged criminal activity. Joe Biden lies about being at ground zero the day after 9-11. And a whistleblower alleges that CIA officials took hush money and as a result were willing to promote the theory that COVID evolved naturally in a bat rather than coming from the virus factory near where the virus was first found. We're going to get into all of that and more. First, I want to ask you all to hit that like button. I want to ask you to upvote this video, leave a comment, sound off and chat. I want some engagement from y'all, okay? Because again, this is, this is us time. There's no guest today. We can get a little bit more wild. No one else is going to see this but you and me. It's just it's just the two of us. We can get a little bit crazy. And how are we going to get crazy today? Well, we're going to start off by watching an incredibly depressing but necessary to view clip on Twitter. All right. This is uh this is a fun one. This is a fun one. I saw this a little bit earlier today. And I felt a strong urge to share it with you all. Uh, this is, well, there's no real explanation for it. So I'll just play it for you and then we'll get into it. I came out as gay to my husband, uh, soon to be ex. And he had the sweetest and most amazing reaction. And this is what he said. What did you say? I said that I was so proud of you. And that was the bravest thing I've seen that anyone do. And now we are going our own separate ways and we're about to put this house on the market. And that's all she wrote. Be like my ex-husband. Be that good of a person. Early this year. Firstly, okay, there's like 12 things we need to pull apart here. But firstly, when did we change the definition of brave to gay? And why was this decided upon? I'm not a fan of this linguistic development in our tradition, in the English-speaking tradition, okay? That's the bravest thing I've ever seen anybody do. There's like 12 things. All right, firstly, the fact that she asked him to repeat his words on camera so they could like share this little soap opera moment with the public is pretty brave, you know, if, if, if you catch my drift. Uh, and quite frankly, I think what he said might be even braver than her braver sexuality, okay? And the fact that she's come out with that. My goodness. So, good sir. That is not the proper response to your wife telling you that she's homosexual or has homosexual inclinations. This is the proper response. You gay? I'm gay. I didn't know you were gay. Yeah, well, I just told you. How did you become gay? One doesn't become gay. One is born that way. Does God know you're gay? I believe so. Did he make you that way? I, that's my opinion. And so you think that God made mistakes? Oh, we love Jesse Lee Peterson. 
But in all seriousness, if your spouse tells you that they're gay, there's certainly some things to talk about there. I have no idea how long this couple was married for, but it seems to me like that's something you should probably disclose to a person prior to the point of getting married. Is it possible to reach adulthood without ever being aware of homosexual inclinations uh, and even going so far as to marrying a person without even a tinge of awareness that that's the case? I would imagine not. I would imagine not because I've been told that they're born that way. So how could she not have known? What kind of self-discovery does it take in order to realize that? You don't figure out you have blue eyes once you're married or that you're attracted to the opposite sex once you're gay married, you know, <laughs> because gay marriage doesn't exist. But you'd think once you got to that point of adulthood, you'd be uh, pretty firmly rooted in your understanding of who exactly you're sexually attracted to. All right. Also, him just letting his marriage go without a fight and saying, you're so brave. This is the bravest thing anyone's ever done is really sad. I don't know who told this guy at, at any given point in his life that the proper response to your wife telling you she's gay is to just roll over and accept it and get divorced without trying to work through that or figure something out. But this just goes to show you what happens to people when they don't have a supernatural worldview. If you're just rooted in materialism and by materialism, uh, I'm speaking philosophically, not necessarily with respect to the consumption of material things. When you're rooted in materialism, there isn't really a playbook for any of this other than to go along with the popular narrative and say, well, if this is what they want to do, then I have to accept it and I'm not owed anything. But the reality is, if you are married to somebody, you actually are owed something. What you are owed is the rest of their life. Okay, just in case that doesn't come through clearly, when someone marries you, they owe you the rest of their life, among other things. That's what marriage means. Okay, that's the definition. Now, I understand that if somebody's abusive and you have to get away from them because it's a serious detriment to your physical or, or mental health, you get away from them, et cetera, et cetera, of course. All right. But this trend of treating marriage like any other romantic relationship where you can just pack up and leave whenever you want is ridiculous. And I think it's very sad. And I got to be honest, I think most people just don't have any idea what marriage is or is supposed to be. So when these things happen, there's no playbook for them to read from with respect to how you handle that kind of a situation. But not that way, fellas. Not that way, culture war kittens. You all know better. At least I hope you all know better. If your spouse ever tells you uh, that they are struggling with feelings of, of homosexuality or attraction to the same sex. The response is not to tell them that's the bravest thing you've ever heard. And then, you know, allow the divorce to happen. All right. The response is to say, you gay. I didn't know you gay. No, no. I mean, in all seriousness, that's a conversation. All right. Now that that is through. And I apologize for showing that to you, but I, saw it. And so I think it's fair to force that onto you because you owe me that as an audience. That's what you owe me. Let's start talking about our relationship a little bit more. Let's get serious about this. You know what you owe me? Emotional support. All right. With the like button, with the comment section, with the live chat, you owe me emotional support and you have to watch the same disturbing things that I watch. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy launches formal Biden impeachment inquiry. Oh boy, it's heating up. Speaker Kevin McCarthy said House committees would open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden ramping up GOP efforts to unearth any evidence of wrongdoing ahead of the 2024 election. This is, of course, from the Wall Street Journal. Republicans have been looking into whether the Democratic president 
played any role in or benefited from the overseas business affairs of his son, Hunter Biden. No evidence has emerged to show the president benefited from Hunter's uh, Biden's endeavors, nor that he wielded government authority to favor them. McCarthy on Tuesday said House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. In a brief statement, he said Republicans are committed to getting answers for the American public. All righty. So let's just stop right there for a moment. Is there a, a smoking gun uh, at this point? Do we have all of the evidence to lock? them up. Well, here's what we do know. All right. Here's a little bit of what we do know. IRS whistleblowers have said that the investigation into Hunter Biden was slow walked and everything was done to ensure that he was going to get a minimal penalty. And I don't know why we should really uh, expect any other kind of treatment to have occurred in the past with respect to any other investigations into Joe Biden or Hunter Biden's behavior. But I will add this. Old sleepy Joe uh, and Hunter, at the very least, from the outside, based on email leaks and text messages that we've seen uh, from Hunter to his other family members saying things like, I'm giving 50% of my money to dad, uh, or you know, saying things to people in Ukraine like, I need 10% for the big guy, or them having a joint bank account would seem to indicate that there's something a little bit fishy there. Uh, or, you know, for example, Hunter Biden paying tens of thousands of dollars to rent one of Joe Biden's properties every month without Joe ever reporting the rental income might also indicate that there's something a little bit sketchy at work there or at play there. Of course, they're Democrats, so they're going to get every benefit of the doubt. You know, when Donald Trump's uh, appointee, Michael Flynn, was interviewed by FBI agents who said he was completely honest and forthcoming, but misremembered a single detail in his conversation with them and was charged as a result. We were told that this bizarre technicality uh, on which they caught someone who they acknowledged was otherwise honest meant that we had found a real smoking gun in the whole Russia collusion narrative. And the walls were closing in, and you know we could be near certain that this was the end of Donald Trump. We're going to have to impeach the guy. We're going to have to remove him from office. He's going to end up in jail. Now, of course, they're still trying to prosecute him uh, and get him locked up long after his first term as president ended. Uh, and, of course, we've all been following the Russiagate narrative and the stories. The evidence is unbelievably scant. Uh, the Durham report even went as far as to state that there was immense bias and the investigation was very sloppily conducted and that the entire reason this investigation occurred in the first place was because people in the FBI wanted it to occur without there necessarily being the kind of evidence that would traditionally be required to open that kind of uh, investigation. And then once again, we look over to the Bidens, we look at Hunter Biden, and we see the, the kind of corruption that we're aware of him being guilty of, um, not even to mention the likelihood of that being connected to Joe Biden. But when you compare that to the way that Don Jr. was treated by the media, it's night and day. Adam Schiff was going on television saying that he had special knowledge of Don Jr.'s dealings, which was so incriminating that Don Jr. was going to be locked up and they were just going to throw away the key. And of course, Schiff was never held to account for this. He was never taken a task for spreading this misinformation uh, and outright lying to the American people about the special information, or if we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he really had evidence that he's just never come forward with, there's never been any expectation placed on him to be forthcoming about this information. So I'm sure I'm not shocking or scandalizing any of you. I'm telling you things that you're already well uh, aware of here. The Bidens have been getting special treatment and, and the Trumps uh, have been 
smack down with the full weight of the law. And to be fair, something even heavier than the full weight of the law, the, the, the full weight of the administrative state violating the law in order to prosecute them. The Wall Street Journal has reported on how the younger Biden increased his foreign business dealings, receiving a discounted stake in a private equity firm in China and consulting arrangements with Romanian real estate as his father exited the vice presidency under Barack Obama. The White House has said that President Biden, excuse me, the presumptive Democratic nominee for 2024, wasn't a party to his son's business affairs and has done nothing wrong. White House spokesman Ian Sam said months of GOP investigations have turned up no evidence of wrongdoing and that the impeachment probes, or I'm sorry, and that the impeachment probe marks extreme politics at the worst. <laughs> How many times has Donald Trump been indicted on completely bogus, pun intended, trumped up charges? This man has had every nook and cranny of his life looked into, and they've still yet to find, find anything that they could use to lock him up. Okay. When you consider the way our justice system is structured and the way our laws are written, it's pretty much the case that if you look into any high-profile person deeply enough, or even any average person deeply enough, you're going to be able to find something. Okay. People commit felonies without even realizing it. There are so many laws on the books at this point. And ignorance of the law is no excuse. So we have tirelessly examined Donald Trump over and over and over again. That's not corruption. That's not dirty politics. The fact that we haven't found anything uh, doesn't indicate that the man is clearly innocent and we've done nothing but go out of our way to try to indict him for political reasons, right? Uh, but... Hunter Biden and Joe Biden being looked into and uh, a, a formal impeachment inquiry uh, occurring when Hunter Biden has said and done things that have indicated there being potentially massive criminal wrongdoing on the part of the Biden family is just dirty politics. It's extreme politics at its worst. In a sign of intraparty disagreements, McCarthy isn't holding a vote to establish the inquiry, contrary to his previous comments that no probe would be announced without a vote. Some GOP lawmakers had thrown cold water on the prospect of a vote, saying it would needlessly expose division within the conference. Back in 2019, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat, began an impeachment probe into President Donald Trump without holding a vote, a move Republicans criticized at the time. She later held a vote to state the public portion of the probe, which passed largely along party lines. Well, I think I've said pretty much all there is to say about this. You guys aren't brain dead. You are smart people. You know that the system is uh, biased. You know that it's rigged in favor of one side. But here's what you might not know. The Biden administration uh, has pressured media outlets to cover the impeachment inquiry with kid gloves. At least that's how the Daily Caller puts it. So once again, we're all well aware of the fact that the media is pretty much always going to side with the Democrats on basically everything. They'll always toe the party line. The only time they're ever going to disagree with Democrats of the Democratic Party is when they don't feel that the Democrats are behaving in a way which is far enough to the left to cater to the media's sympathies or garner their support. But it's it's no surprise that the media has been very soft on all of this. And by the way, ever since these stories about Hunter Biden broke and about the Biden administration potentially being involved in criminal wrongdoing broke, the media has been very soft on this. And again, I know you guys are well aware of that. But the Biden administration has gotten really bold here. Uh, they've They've basically come out and all but demanded that the media cover this in a way which is favorable to old Sleepy Joe. The White House will demand that major media outlets cover the impeachment inquiry into the president announced by uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday with scrutiny, according to CNN.
to side with the Democrats unless for whatever reason they've decided the Democrats aren't far enough to the left uh, on a certain issue, right? And the, the, you know, the fact that we know that. The White House knows that too. The White House is well aware of that. So the fact that they feel a need to urge the media to persist in this bias as they report on this means, in my opinion, that they are worried that information is going to come to the surface, which is going to be so damaging to Joe Biden's reputation and to his administration that even their cronies in the media might find themselves too embarrassed to spin it in a way that's going to make it seem favorable to the Bidens or as if it's a non-issue. That's what this says to me. Because why else would they feel a need to encourage the media to have a left-wing bias when examining this issue? They already know that the media does. What they're telling them is, you guys got to kick this partisan hackery into overdrive if we are going to get through this. McCarthy directed the Republican Party to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, I apologize, over his conduct as vice president. The White House is planning to send a letter to the executives of major news outlets such as CNN, the New York Times, Fox News, the Associated Press, and CBS News, explaining that the impeachment inquiry should set off alarm bells for news organizations. <laughs> according to a draft copy obtained by CNN. How ominous. For the White House to be telling a news organization that a story should set off alarm bells for them is terrifying, okay? Now, this is an administration that we know has been putting pressure on social media outlets to have them curb the spread of information that the White House considered damaging to their interests. So this is an administration which is very clearly comfortable let's just say stepping on the first amendment behaving in a ways that might appear to be first amendment violations or massive oversteps of uh, executive power uh, and pressure. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of house Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Yes, of course the media needs to ramp up its scrutiny of the Republicans because they've been giving them a free pass for far too long. Okay, now, for a sitting administration, in the past is already a massive scandal. That's no small thing. But in light of there being an impeachment inquiry, it's far more disturbing. McCarthy first stated considering an impeachment inquiry in August in the Department of Justice, uh, excuse me, if the Department of Justice used David Wise's position as special counsel to block an investigation into Hunter Biden by the House Oversight Committee. Hunter Biden pled not guilty to two tax misdemeanors in July after his diversion agreement and plea deal fell apart because scrutiny from the U.S. district judge led to a disagreement between Hunter Biden's legal team and the DOJ. We'll see how this develops. You know, I, for one, I'm thrilled that the Biden administration told those media outlets not to be <laughs> too biased in favor of the Republicans here, because then how else would we know that we were getting a fair uh, and honest delivery of the story? Man. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Again, not sure what else to say about this one. We just have the White House openly putting pressure on, on media outlets to distort facts. I, I really don't know any other way to read that. Because we're going to get spicy here, kids. Here from uh, Fox News, GOP rep torches reporter claiming Americans see no evidence for Biden impeachment. <laughs> you don't report on it, was his response. Representative Scott Perry called out a journalist on Tuesday for claiming that Americans can't see evidence that President Biden has committed wrongdoing worthy of impeachment. 
The GOP lawmaker pointed out several examples of evidence of the president's corruption in response to a question reportedly from UK Channel 4 Washington correspondent uh, Shaban Kennedy. He also said that many Americans are in the dark about it because mainstream reporters like her don't report on it. Fair, accurate, true. Uh, you know, they, they really took to heart the Biden administration's plea to, to be extra skeptical of the Republicans. Kennedy finished her question wondering if McCarthy was doing this for the sake of enacting political revenge for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Perry immediately shut Kennedy down, declaring, this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a congressional or Senate salary. He continued, you also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. The, those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell companies. These things are not normal. And it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. Good for him. I think that that's exactly what needed to be said. Uh, you know, again, she's another partisan hack. This makes the point that I was making earlier about the media always taking the uh, Democratic Party side in these issues, so long as the Democrats are far enough to the left uh, on those issues. But eh, all I have to say about that. Now, here's a story I mentioned earlier in the show that I'm going to be really excited to get into here because... Every time Joe Biden makes up another little fable uh, about his history, it creates more Biden lore. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but I'm a big fan of the Biden lore. I love these little stories he comes up with. I love this, this timeline of his life that has developed and changed over time. He was raised in the black church. Uh, he was raised in the synagogues. Uh, he was raised the devout Catholic uh, as well. You know, he was a lifeguard. Corn pop attacked him. He was not involved in politics because of the civil rights movement, never marched in Selma. And also he only got involved in politics because of the civil rights movement. And that's all that ever really mattered to him. The reason he decided to run for president was because of what happened at Charlottesville. I mean, the Biden story is really incredible and it's just taken so many twists and turns. It's an incredible arc. I can't wait to see the mini series that they uh, put together for it someday. Uh, but you know, in the meantime, we're just going to have to watch it as it develops. I really feel like I'm sitting on the bench next to Forrest Gump every time Joe Biden opens his mouth and lets us in on, on a bit more of, of his history. I mean, come on, man. Well, here's here's today's little little tidbit, little morsel, little fun bit of Biden lore. Biden falsely claimed he was at ground zero the next day after 9-11. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I'm just going to launch into this before I give you more commentary. In a speech to service members and first responders on the anniversary of the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, President Joe Biden falsely claimed that he was at ground zero the day after the Twin Towers fell in Manhattan. Biden, returning from a whirlwind trip to Asia, said in his Monday remarks at a military base in Alaska. I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget, never forget, never forget. <laughs> I mean, does it count as forgetting if you completely make your own version of the events up? Like it seems, seems a little bit ironic that he's asking people to honor the memory of an event that he's blatantly lying about. Each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. And I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because of the way from where you could stand. Asked Monday night about the claim. White House, The White House provided a photo and article showing that Biden, then a senator from Delaware, toured Ground Zero on September 20th, 2001. As president, though... Biden has repeatedly made false claims about his past. He did it three times in a single speech last month. <laughs> he does this all the time, man. I'll keep reading these, but he does this all the time. We know about the big stories. We know that back in late 80s, early 90s, he plagiarized the speech from a British politician about his family history, which is just so bold. But... He's also made up this bizarre story about 
a soldier in Afghanistan who he was awarding a silver star who told him not to pin the stardom. He made up a story about his uncle who served in World War II refusing a Medal of Honor from Joe Biden that Joe Biden went and got for him after becoming elected, even though that particular uncle died back in 1999 and Joe Biden wasn't VP until 2008. I mean, he makes stuff up all the time. And at this point, I actually think we can attribute that to cognitive decline. It's possible he really thinks these things happen. But here's the question. What is the difference between somebody who intentionally lies and makes things up about their past and somebody who simply doesn't know the difference <laughs> between what actually happened and what's occurring in their imagination as they're trying to fill in the gaps? I mean, at some point, a person becomes such a compulsive liar that there's no real difference between the truth and a lie to them. And in fact, some of them actually feel uncomfortable with the truth. That can happen to people where there's almost a kind of vulnerability in telling the truth in their mind. So they lie to people so that those people won't know what has actually happened uh, in their life. Now, I'm not saying that's the level at which Joe Biden operates or is operating. I would boil this down to him just being senile or him being a, a compulsive liar, potentially for other reasons at this point. But look, the day after 9-11 and September 20th are pretty different, okay? There's a pretty big difference there. And to just forget the amount of time that you know passed in between those dates to just uh, forget. Nine eleven is one event that everyone talks about having a very solid memory of. It was so traumatic. I remember where I was when it happened. You know, people. People remember that time. It was traumatic. It was huge. It was a massive moment in American history. You know, so for him to make up this story about being there the next day is, it's ridiculous. And it's so bold, right? Because this is something people would know the truth about. But what's happened with Biden is he's gotten away with lying so often that it doesn't really matter to him, right? He doesn't have to stick to the truth because he knows the media is going to cover for him. Did anyone hear he lied about this? and feel shocked are there going to be any negative consequences here you know that there aren't you know he's not going to get in any trouble you know this isn't really a scandal in any meaningful way no one cares anyway biden has repeatedly made false claims about his past he did it three times in a single speech last month falsely claiming to have witnessed a bridge collapse in pittsburgh in 2022 when he actually uh, visited the site more than six hours after the collapse, falsely claiming his grandfather had died just days prior to his own birth at the same hospital. His paternal grandfather died more than a year prior in another state. And, and again, repeating a long debunked false story about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak conductor who was deceased at the time the story would have taken place. All right. So again, you hear these stories and you go, a lot of these aren't even cool or interesting stories. It's just bizarre that you would make that up. I remember when I was a kid, one of my brothers had this friend who would just make stories up. And I think everyone knew someone like this growing up, right? But he would just make stories up that weren't even cool. When kids are really little, they'll try to make something up in order to sound cool, right? And I think you reach a certain point of maturity where you stop doing that, ideally. And hopefully you never did it in the first place, but there are some kids who will just make things up, even though there's nothing particularly interesting about the false narrative. And Joe Biden strikes me as that person. He just reminds me of that kind of person. You go, why would you lie about that? Like I remember when we were in high school, uh, one of my brother's buddies and them, they were, they were hitting on these girls and he lied about being on the swim team to impress them. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing wrong with being on a swim team, but that's not the thing you lie about to really impress somebody, you know, no offense to my swimmers. Yeah. Uh, and 
his name was his last name was Thomas. He went on to get a, a sex change. At, no, I'm kidding. Now I'm making a story up. That second part didn't happen. But we would just go, why would you make that up? That's how I feel about Joe Biden. It's like, why did you make that up? <laughs> Such a weird, fake story to tell. <clears throat> in 2021 and 2022, he falsely claimed to have been arrested during a civil rights protest. He had previously said uh, merely that an officer had taken him home from a protest. <laughs> so he got a ride home from the cops after the civil rights march. <laughs> They're spraying everybody else with hoses. But then they see Joe Biden and he pulls out his white privilege card. They're like, let's give you a ride home, young man. Falsely claimed that he used to drive an 18-wheeler. What? Is this him trying to be middle-class Joe as he's also claimed he's been called? This is the other thing. Joe Biden's the kind of guy who makes up nicknames for himself. Like, yeah, they call me Ace. Middle-class Joe, and they didn't mean it as a compliment. Dude, no one called you middle-class Joe as an insult, all right? That's not how politicians talk. That's not how the press talks. How are we going to take down this politician who we see as a threat? I know. We'll make him relatable to the middle class. Ah, there goes middle-class Joe. That'll show him. No one's doing that. We'll associate him with the demographic that every politician desperately attempts to be associated with at all times. The White House said he once had a job driving a school bus, though. All right. So firstly, he was in it for the sense. Let's be real about that. Man wants you to think he was driving an 18-wheeler. Really? He was sitting on the school bus, sniffing each child as they came on. <sighs> oh, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, you can come through, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, take your seat. Oh, you stay up here man, with me, man. Oh, it's like an air freshener. Falsely claimed to have visited the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshipers were killed in a 2018 mass shooting. He had spoken to a rabbi by phone, but had not gone. Falsely claimed to have visited Iraq and Afghanistan as president. He made repeated visits as senator and vice president, but not as president. Told a false story involving a late relative and the Purple Heart. That's the one I mentioned earlier. Excuse me. And falsely described his interactions decades ago with late Israeli prime minister. Okay, so this is... Um, this is our president. Good, honest guy. I'm just going to mention this before we move on, because I've been harping on this for a while. But usually when you have a president who's speaking nonsense and who's lying to people, it has more to do with policy than anything else, or maybe like what they're doing as president, what they're accomplishing, what they intend to accomplish campaign promises. It's not like I used to drive a truck, man. When he actually drove a bus. I don't even know if he drove. Maybe the white house is lying about that. Did, they, did he really drive a bus? Kamala loves yellow school buses. She's clapped and saying and giggled about it. I love yellow school buses. I just love them. <sighs> Here's another fun, exhausting story. CIA officials took hush money to bury COVID lab leak theory, whistleblower claims. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. You guys have probably, like, if you've listened to this show before, if you've listened to TimCast, you've heard me discuss this a thousand times. I keep bringing it up. Why? Because it's validating on some level. But it's also not that validating because it was really obvious from the get-go that this leaked from a lab. It was always the most obvious explanation. But the plot thickens here. Why were we not given the full truth about this? I can't say I know for sure. But it seems like a very strange lie to tell, does it not? They obviously did not have... Uh, they obviously didn't lack an incentive. In order to say something that would so massively uh, undermine your own credibility, in order to make such a ridiculous claim, and not only that, but to shun everyone else who, who made a far more reasonable claim, it's pretty suspicious. 
there has to be some kind of vested interest there. And, you know, I'm sure for each agency, it's, it's different. I'm not claiming everyone's meeting in a cigar room and discussing these things and rubbing their hands together. Well, they laugh maniacally. Ah, the American people trust us. They're so stupid. We've pulled the wool over their eyes again. Ah. But different people have different motives, and it just happens at times to tie together in a way that lends itself to there being massive deception of the public. We have this from National Review. The House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic has reportedly heard new testimony from a highly credible whistleblower alleging that the CIA rewarded six analysts with significant financial incentives to change their COVID-19 origin conclusions from a lab leak to zoonosis. In a public letter addressed to CIA Director William Burns, Subcommittee Chairman Brad Wenstrup and Mike Turner, both Republican representatives from Ohio, argued that he created a CIA COVID discovery team that was tasked with investigating the origins and emergence of the coronavirus. However, apart from a lone officer, not a L-O-A-N, L-O-N-E, folks, in the group who believed the virus originated through zoonosis, the remainder of officials agreed that on balance of probabilities, the coronavirus likely resulted from a lab leak. Yes, the most reasonable possible assumption a human being could make given the evidence. Did it come from the virus factory in the town where we first discovered the virus, or did it come from a population of bats that live a thousand miles away? The fact that even one out of the seven was leaning towards it evolving in a bat is evidence for a need to completely dissolve the administrative state. How can you select people that ridiculous and incompetent? I think someone coming to that conclusion on their own is more alarming than someone being bribed into taking that position. You used to have scientists who would claim that smoking wasn't bad for you, okay? And they were being paid off by the tobacco industry. And that was horrible. But it would be way more frightening if they weren't being paid off by the tobacco industry and just came to that conclusion on their own. You know, nine out of 10 scientists recommend smoking cigarettes. It's like, you better have been taking money if you said that. Okay, someone better have paid you off. Your butt better have been on the line. Please don't tell me you're actually that bad at science. Tell me you're a competent liar and not someone that unbelievably incapable of critical thought. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members believed that intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, China, the letter reads. Well, well, well. You know, I remember when this pandemic first popped off in 2020. And the narrative was, this just goes to show you that those... Foolish individuals out and about in the world who think that the government should be out of their lives and allowing them to make their own decisions were totally incorrect because now that this once in a lifetime pandemic is occurring, we actually need some kind of central authority to do something. Now, that wasn't exactly the case at the time, okay? If this was something more serious than we were originally told it would be, I could maybe understand that position, okay? But even so, let's just grant that. Well, it turns out the only people we could possibly trust to make decisions for us in the midst of this pandemic got everything wrong and were horribly corrupt and misled the American public. What are you going to do? I mean, I got to say, if 2020 ended libertarianism, which by the way, I'm not a libertarian, but I was at the time. If it ended uh, or completely eliminated any credibility for the belief that the government should be kept out of people's lives and we should be able to make their own decisions, then all the last three years has done is validate that uh, position, which we're told was totally dismantled. Uh, okay. We're going to move on to a really sad story, but an important story. Uh, and 
This is from Fox News. Our best friends, our BFFs over at Fox News. We don't love Fox News. Fox News isn't the greatest. I just lost my shot at hosting a show there. Oh, shoot. But here we go. This story is actually very sad, so I'm going to be kind of somber here. Y'all have heard me talk about porn. Y'all have heard me talk about Pornhub. We know how evil these companies are. We know that they oppose age verification laws because their financial model is pretty much based on being able to show this content to minors. You know, Pornhub's revenue decreased by about 80% when they were forced to verify age via photo ID. Uh, and, and they claim that they're against age verification laws because they're an invasion of privacy. And we just care so much about privacy. That's ridiculous. Uh, call me call me a doubting Thomas here, but I don't think the people who make billions of dollars spreading photographs and videos of barely legal teenage girls doing sexually degrading things all across the internet are super concerned with privacy. I don't think they're all that worried about the consequences for our collective valuation of human dignity if grown men are expected to show an ID in order to watch porn. But I digress. This story gets even darker than that. A dethroned pageant queen alleges she was raped and forced into explicit video in a lawsuit against Pornhub. A former pageant queen is alleging she was raped and forced to film pornography in a new lawsuit against Pornhub and its parent company, MindGeek, which changed its name to ALO in August. Kristen uh, Alphys, runner-up in the 2021 Miss Teen Colorado pageant before her crown was revoked due to a leaked pornography video, is suing the porn giants for allowing videos from not going to read that website name. Don't want any, any of you pervs going to look at it. No, in all seriousness, I it would just be scandalous to read it. So I'm not going to a dismantled pornography website founded by former FBI most wanted fugitive, Michael James Pratt to circulate online quote, threatened, coerced and physically and sexually assaulted plaintiff unquote was forced to succumb to the demands of the sex trafficking venture entirely sustained by mind geeks, vast online network. The federal lawsuit filed on September 8th states. Pratt's co-conspirator, Michael Isaac Wolf, admitted to coercing about 100 models, models is in quotes, between the ages of 18 and 23 into making pornographic videos for their San Diego-based website, which he said would not be shared in the United States. The government shut down the website in 2019. So this is not the first time that it has been discovered that mainstream porn websites have had footage of rape or other forms of sexual abuse on their websites. Pornhub had to take down a lot of content a while back when it was discovered that some of the people in the videos were minors. You all know where I stand. I don't think these websites should exist at all. But the idea that we would allow them to exist and create demand for content which features minors by not thoroughly vetting that kind of content is insane. At that point, we're incentivizing the production of child pornography. Now, some people would argue that it's unrealistic to expect these websites to filter through all of the content uploaded to their websites to ensure that no exploitative content or abusive content or content which was created through the sexual abuse uh, of women and or children uh, are uploaded onto their website. If we're in a country where pornography is legal, which we shouldn't be, porn should not be legal, the least we can expect of these companies is to prevent child porn from being uploaded to their websites. And if this is something, if this is the demand that we have to impose upon them because they weren't taking care of it on their own already, then just shut them down. That should have been Pornhub's first priority if they actually cared at all. 
about preventing abuse or rape or child exploitation. But obviously they don't, right? They care about profits. They care about making porn. They care about getting people addicted to this stuff. It should be banned. Porn should be illegal. There should be extremely harsh penalties, extremely harsh penalties for those involved in the production and distribution of pornographic material. Okay. For its own sake, because of how hideous it is, and also because of the connections between the world of pornographic content production and sex trafficking and child sexual abuse. Speaking of the increased pornification of our society, we have this from the Washington Examiner. Sex cam Democrat holds support from lawmakers and activists. A Virginia Democratic candidate who was outed for recording sex acts with her husband for money on a live streaming website has received endorsements from various liberal politicians and influential advocacy groups, record shows, or records show. Susan Gibson, who is running to be a delegate, in Virginia's 57th district is coming under fire from conservatives for appearing alongside her husband, John David Gibson, in sexually explicit videos through the pornographic platform, not going to name it. Top Democrats and left-wing activist hubs have not been vocal about pulling any support from Gibson, a nurse practitioner who can be seen in the footage asking for tips that were purportedly for a good cause. Is that how she was raising campaign money? They are insane to not have told her to step down. Dave Gordon, the director of the GOP-aligned Virginia Project PAC, told the Washington Examiner. She is the dictionary definition of disgrace. Democrats have to decide whether this behavior is okay because they're trying to play a double game, saying Republicans are bad for exposing it, but that there's nothing wrong with it. Bingo! I'm going to read that again. Democrats are trying to play a double game, saying Republicans are bad for exposing it, but that there's nothing wrong wrong with it. We see this time and time again. We see this time and time again. Whenever any sexually perverse or immoral behavior is exposed, we're told that this isn't a big deal. There's nothing wrong with this behavior. We should accept this behavior. Uh, but also you're wrong for pointing out that anyone ever did this in the first place. I am of the controversial opinion that if you have at any point in your life been a porn star, you don't get to run for public office. Okay. I don't believe that you are fit for leadership if that is the case. Uh, I think what you need to focus on is your own soul and spiritual healing after going through what you went through. The best possible position for you is probably not elected office, all right? It also, I mean, it massively, it massively undermines uh, any notion of America as a moral nation or a serious country uh, at all in general. It's not a good look, okay? It's not a good look for a country to be electing porn stars. It's my controversial position. It's my controversial perspective there. I know that might offend some people, okay? Look, I'm all for allowing people to repent. I'm all for giving people an opportunity to reform themselves. I think that's necessary. But the thing is, you can repent and be forgiven, but still not be welcome in certain places and still not be welcome in certain positions. All right. Like, I'll give you an example. Let's say instead of pornography, this person had done blackface or something, all right? Let's say this is someone who had done blackface and they did porn uh, and, you know, they were prostituting themselves in other ways uh, and they, you know, were selling drugs and illegal firearms. And then they got out of that life and they were formed right? I, if I were working in politics and had any say-so over who was nominated to run for office for my party, I would say, not that one. You know, I appreciate that they turned their life around, but it's a lot of baggage. It's going to be really difficult 
It's going to be really difficult to get that person elected. And if it's not, oh, we need help as a country. Believe it or not, political leaders actually do set an example for people. I know we, we don't like to think of it that way. We think that's a corny, outdated way of viewing the world, but it's true. Our political leaders set a kind of standard. And it goes both ways. We feed into one another as, as distinct populations. So those in public office, those in the ruling class, when they are ruling over people who are not morally upright, they themselves are going to be less likely to be morally upright because A, the expectations for them are going to be lower, but B, because oftentimes they emerge from that population in the first place. And then of course the general population is going to be less morally upright when their leaders aren't morally upright because they're not seeing an example of how good people should act. The solution to this problem is not to continue to drag us down. It is, it is not to lower standards further and accept people as elected leaders who uh, have acted in pornographic films or live streamed themselves having sex. Okay. Whenever, and especially, by the way, when we're talking about female politicians, we are always told that the reason they're important is because they set an example for little girls. We need equal representation in Congress and in the Senate, even in the White House, in corporate America, everywhere in society, we need equal representation but especially in positions of political power because little girls need someone to look up to. Okay, if that's true, then we need to be pretty selective about the women who we allow to occupy those positions, right? Because there are far fewer women in them. There are far fewer female political leaders in this country. So the ones we do have had better be of a very high moral quality They'd better be people parents would be comfortable allowing their daughters to look up to. But here's the real black pill, okay? There are plenty of Americans who actually would be comfortable with their daughter looking up to that woman as an example. And that's a shame. Something has got to change. And I hope that it will, to be honest. I really do. I'm not white-pilled in the sense that I just think everything is going to get better and this country is going to be okay. But if this country isn't okay and eventually just collapses, the only way people are ever going to be able to build anything is by returning to moral decency. And once people's lives get really difficult and they're not able to afford the luxury of licentiousness because their endlessly deep pockets can no longer bail them out of the consequences of bad decision-making, they will return to traditional values. Might not happen overnight, but if people don't learn to swim, they sink. We've been sinking for far too long. Learn to do a backstroke, babies and gentlemen. Babies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to sound slick. I'm trying to sound slick over here. I'm trying to sound like a cool, articulate podcaster, man. This is the worst day of my life. What? A, this is the worst day of my life. I started this podcast giving an it, it giving a man advice on how to deal with a lesbian wife. And now over here, before I before I signed out, before I said ladies and gentlemen, I, I said babies and gentlemen. What does that even mean? What's wrong with me? Guys, I'm gonna level with you. I'm more, I'm even more tired than usual. I'm exhausted. But you know what? I love you nonetheless. See that? Blew you a kiss. Blew you a subtle little kiss. I hope you have a wonderful evening. And I want you to know that I've had the time of my life and I owe it all to you. But before we part ways, I need you to hit that red join button so you can join our locals community. Okay. And one more matter of business. Let me just run this by you guys. I like talking politics. I like talking the issues. Sometimes I just like to get into the, the philosophy of things rather than talk about current events. I think that's fun. I think that's interesting. Maybe every now and again, we do a stream where I do that. Maybe every now and again, we do a stream where I'm doing something else like animating, you know, and, and I'm talking about things while I'm animating, or maybe we do a stream where I'm, uh, I don't know, playing video games or something. 
having a little bit of fun on the side to keep you all engaged for my pregnant pauses when I'm trying to figure out what to say. Well, we're officially retiring the phrase, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not only because I butchered it, but because you're my culture war kittens now. That's been decided via Twitter poll. So I love you, culture war kittens. I'm going to sign out. I hope you have a wonderful evening. 